Pretty Mental is about accepting our full selves and inspiring others to do the same by being daringly unfiltered. This means completely normalizing all things mental health and the wild journey that has brought us here. We are challenging the stigmatization of normal human suffering, and we are done pretending and subscribing to the notion that it is taboo to have challenging mental health experiences. Welcome to the Pretty Mental Health Club, and enjoy the show. Pretty Mental family, welcome back. We missed you. We loved you. We have a fun, deep, long, amazing behind the scenes episode today. Oh, yeah. We dove into all things recent insights from the good old family gatherings that holiday bring. And we talked about triggers that came up for us and what we've been learning about ourselves on our journey and the ways in which family can help to highlight that, you know, as Ram, as I said in the podcast, as Ram Dass says that if you think you're enlightened, go spend a weekend with your family. And that couldn't be more true. I mean, every client that I've talked to pretty much anyone I know that belongs to a human family resonates with that statement that when you are back with humans that you share so much history with, it can really help to highlight the parts of you that haven't healed as well as the parts of you that have healed. And we just, we deep dive into all that behind the scenes talk and boundaries and everything that's been coming up for us lately. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. Yes. And with this pretty mental family, take in a deep breath with us. And tune in. We open up this conversation by bringing in our higher selves, bringing in all of the energies that are with us in this lifetime that are guiding us, helping us be in this moment, helping us co-create this moment and every moment that comes. We open ourselves up to pure, total guidance as we ground ourselves, ground ourselves in We open up our minds, our hearts, our throats to whatever wants to come through for the highest healing of ourselves, our community, and everyone they come in contact with, and for the highest healing of the planet. The portal is now open. Hello, hello, hello. Hello. It's me. I was wondering, what if we did a karaoke session on here once? If after all this, like to me to come over. Yeah, we're just like my dad. (laughs) My dad likes to make up every single lyric of every single song. I feel like I could be pretty good at learning lyrics. I I guess it just depends how often I've listened to the song. We did. A fun, I have a, you don't know that I took it, but I recorded us when we were singing The Little Mermaid. You're the one. (laughs) (laughs) It's so cute. It's great. How did you record it? I didn't know. Were you holding the phone and I just didn't even notice? Because you don't, you're not like me. Background on me and Paula, y'all. 
Paula does not know <laughs> shit. And I have eyes on the back of my head, the side of my head, below my head, on top of my head. No, I even when I I, ta- I was talking to Valentina about this the other day, um, I don't have the best memory. So the way that I, but I remember general themes of my life. <laughs> You're not alone with that memory thing though. I feel that. And then I was just having a, com- having a conversation with a friend the other day and they were like, am I getting Alzheimer's <laughs> or something? Like, I don't know if it's something of our generation because we have social media or what that we just, maybe we've all been trained to not be fully present, you know? And sometimes you need to, you need to be fully present to really be in this moment and remember who fucking knows. I have a million and one theories, but. Dude, I don't know. But that's why I think with clients, I'm able to encode the journey that each client is on in a way that allows for continuity because I'm good at forming emotional, like I, I can, I, I remember emotions. Yeah. And so if once I'm with that person again, I can recall since all, since I talk to people about their emotion and emotional experiences and traumas and stuff like that, that stuff sticks with me like glue. Yeah. But when I talk about like, oh, this is how long I worked at this particular place, or this is how long I dated this person, or this, this is a, something that we did five years ago. I'm like, was I there for that? <laughs> I swear my 20s feel like one big bundled up mesh of 10 years of just like, I don't know where one thing, I've been like going back through my pictures on Instagram lately, trying to create a timeline for my life of my 20s. And I'm like, wow, that's crazy. Like, I really, if I just think back to it on my own, I don't have a very clear timeline just based off of my memory. Yeah. Yeah. I don't feel like you're alone on that. I really don't. I feel like a lot of people are going to be like listening to that and it's probably going to validate them. Yep. A lot of us have bad memory around here. I feel like you're, 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 you sound a little muted. Maybe if it, it might be just me. We'll see when I get the recording back. Let me see. Hello. Yeah. Could talk more. Hello. Hello. That's so weird. Just That's keep the going. opposite. That's Do you, the opposite of my usual problem. Um, does it sound good on your end? Yeah. Okay. We'll just sounds normal. Trust and believe. Um, so I went home for the holidays. And for those of you who may be new to the podcast, I so I came to LA for fun, basically, for it was only supposed to be like two weeks or a month back in 2020 in October, no, in November. And I ended up staying in LA. I canceled my flight back home. I moved to LA and had Paula, because we were roommates at the time, I had Paula just put as many things as she could in that could fit into my car. And I shipped my car to LA and I basically just started over. And that was such a beautiful, beautiful journey but I haven't been back in a year. I can't, I mean, I hadn't gone back to Atlanta and for all of you Atlanta friends who may be listening to this, I didn't tell anyone that I was going, I love you. Forgive me. It was because I had to spend time with my family. Um, this was a trip solely dedicated to just being with my parents and my sister, my brother. And, you know, I only, I only, only had a few days there and I had the strong intention of allowing this to be a really healing trip. Because when I left, I left on a note where 
everything in my life was so rocky. Like everything. All of my biggest fears had come true at the end of 2020. And I wasn't really falling apart per se, because I think at that point I had done enough work and I had enough surrender in me and trust in the universe that it was all playing out, but everything was like kind of left in an earthquake. And my time in LA here has been fully, I mean, it's felt like spiritual awakening after spiritual awakening. It has been me really coming back home to myself in a really powerful way, away from the energies of the earthquakes that I was in. So it's been a really healing time. So my intention coming back to Atlanta was to, to bring this new Valentina into the energy of my family, because for me, family is just the most important thing. It, you know, it feels funky even celebrating anything without first having my, my parents and you guys and us intact as us as a priority, because my family, y'all are my roots. You know, like I can celebrate my successes and be doing cartwheels all day, but without tending to my roots, like that stuff doesn't, it doesn't ha hold the same weight. They're just like things. So yeah, it was a really, really nice trip back. Um, and it's so funny because you hear, oh, and I grew half an inch since I've moved. And Paula said that she was like, goldfishes only grow to the size of their tank. Yeah, we're attributing it to the goldfish theory. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this, but, but yeah, that goldfish only grow to the size of their tank. So a gold, if you keep a goldfish in one tank, it's going to be the same size. When you put in a bigger tank, it, it grows, it expands based on that. And I'm a goldfish. <laughs> I grew half an inch. That's so cool. That's so cool. That's really cool. Yeah. So, and I really believe it might, in that. It, it might also be the breath work though. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is not based on scientific fact, but you are oxygenating your body mm -hmm. pretty intently on a regular basis. That's, it's gotta do something. I imagine. Yeah. It's, it's all these things either way. It's a tr my, my internal spiritual energetic growth has fully manifested physically. And I am now five, seven and a half. So maybe I'll be five, eight next time, but yeah. So went back to Atlanta and it's so funny because after all the, all the, the work that I've been doing, I luckily I've been, you know, I, I can catch myself when I'm like, um, I can see my triggers more consciously now rather than just reacting to them. And there were a few triggers that happened between me and my mom and we we were having a conversation and as we were talking, I was just seeing myself react and kind of being like, at what point are you speaking to me? Like Valentina, at what point are you just holding on to the old version of yourself and the old triggers? Like, at what point are you ready to be done with your bullshit? You know, there's one, there's one side where it's like, if you're in an abusive situation and it's like, no, you have all the right to actually like really feel like that, like get out. But sometimes I feel like we are so we can be so focused in protecting ourselves that we don't even like we personalize too much. We personalize too much that we don't even need to be personalizing. And my mom and I were having a conversation how 
we we were born in Colombia, but we grew up in the United States. And there's a lot of cultural differences. Even though we are Colombian, we're more American in the norms that we subscribe to. So there's a lot of things that my mom feels comfortable in saying, you know, and our Colombian family members feel comfortable in saying where like, to me, I'm like, that's crazy. How is that even leaving your mouth? How are you comfortable saying that? Like, that's just yeah. like not okay. Colombians are not politically correct humans. <laughs> it's not a politically correct population of people for the majority of the part. A court for us, for Americans, right? They're politically correct with them in that in their culture. It's just not as much of a priority. And I mean, a, in the in the you're right in the American version of what political correctness is. There are certain proprieties in Colombian culture and certain things that are considered rude in our culture that would not be considered rude here, but in the political correctness and social consciousness type of thing that we ascribe to here in the US, there, there's a lot of differences in the way that Colombians move. Totally. And there's things that I've said that we've said to my mom and she's like, like, how do you even feel comfortable speaking to your parents like that? Like, that's crazy. And for, to us, we're like, feels normal though. Cause that's just what we kind of grew up with. That's what we've seen in like the movies. That's what like our friends and their parents, like just different environments that we've grown up with. And my mom has always kind of told us, you know, you've got to take into account that not only do we come from different generations, but we come from different cultures, like the way that we were raised and you guys, as in me and Paula, typically take things way more personally than than we mean way more personally than like, than Colombian, like Colombian people can handle that kind of thing. And American people can't and American people can handle that thing. And Colombian people can't. Yeah. So just all of that to say, like, I finally was able to witness myself and really hear and see my mom and everything that she was saying and, and heal some of the triggers that, that I had been reacting to for so long and that were kind of holding me hostage because I needed her to say certain things or not say certain things or act in a certain way in order for me to feel whole and worthy. Mm. And, but then I, I'm like, we're like walking, we're on a hike and here I, I caught myself just arguing the same argument that I, that I, that has been on replay for however many years of my life. And I'm like, when is this going to end? <laughs> like, this is crazy that we've been having the same conversation and then I, I've seen my mom is amazing and our parents are amazing. They've done growth on their end as well. Like they've actually taken a lot of responsibility for their own stuff as well, which has made this healing journey really beautiful because um, it's not always the case in all families. But I'm like sitting there witnessing my mom and witnessing all of like the consciousness that she's taken up and, and just like, okay, I got to like, I got to let go. Like I've got to let go and take my power back and not make her and not mold her in every single way in order for me to, to be okay in all moments. Like I got like, it's got to stop at some point, you know? Yeah. That reminds me of that. Ram Dass used to say yeah. that if you literally think just about to say that, <laughs> if you think you're enlightened, go spend a weekend with your family. <laughs> we'll pull everything out of you and it's out of wild. each other. I mean, it happens to me too, <laughs> for sure. Hell yeah. It happens to everyone. We can't pretend like it, it, it doesn't. I don't care how much work you've done on yourself. Yeah. You know, you can be like on all the stages speaking around the world and 
you're still going to have triggers. You're still going to, I'm sure like everything stems from our childhood, you know? So when we get back into that space, it is while it can be really scary and stressful to think about, you know, for a lot of people going home for the holiday holidays or spending a lengthy amount of time with their family at the same time, if it's safe, we can also bring in the intention of like, we're about to go into the battlefield to heal this stuff so we can leave even more healed. So we can tend to our roots so we can nourish our roots and we can not only heal ourselves, but, but heal all of those that are on the journey with us. Yeah, I can definitely identify with some of that. I think as a therapist, I, something that I've, has been a journey of learning for me is that just because I'm constantly understanding the layers of the human psyche and I'm constantly understanding where things are coming from and I'm able to talk about problems in the lineage without feeling I'm able to see it differently, you know, kind of like how a doctor might be able to talk about some medical condition and not flinch, whereas it would cause people anxiety as a therapist, since I swim in these waters, talk about it, think about it all the time, I can talk about those things. And to me, I'm like, why do you don't take it personally? Like we're just analyzing here. So a big part of my journey in regards to that for the family has been learning that like, just because I can talk about these things in a way that I don't, to me, it's not a personal attack by any means. I that's not fair for me to expect everyone else to be able to experience that level of detachment when we're having those conversations or to not take it personally, just because I engage in this dialogue all day long. Yeah. Um, so for me, maybe a similar version of what you're describing is that, and this has been a recent kind of waking up for me that I needed to, for so long, I think I've wanted to engage everybody in my process and to be able to all talk about it together and to analyze it together. And that would definitely lead to so many fights because for some people, that's not their perspective and they're not able to take the objective therapist viewpoint of like, you know, therapists just, we're trained to be able to take a step back and realize that like, oh, these are just patterns. We can talk about patterns. It's not personal, but that takes training. Um, and I would find myself wanting to almost have everybody understand or people in my life understand or family understand that like, let's, let's understand it together. Um, and I recently had that same kind of waking up that you did where it's like, we don't, we don't need to understand it in the same way. Like we don't, we don't need to keep having the, we don't need to have the same conversations. Like at some point I can free you from understanding to, what though, like you're the things that you're dealing with or understanding where certain things came from. Okay. So can you concretize that a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. So like, for example, if I have certain things that are anxieties for me, I can, that I'm glad when you asked me that, cause I can talk in very general terms. Um, but if I have certain things that are anxieties for me, I can kind of look back and be like, okay, this is what the lineage dealt with. Look at the patterns that were kind of displayed across family generations. And this is how it played out for me based on my temperament mixed with temperament and environment and experiences. And for me, I can, I feel that I can talk about that stuff. And to me, it's not pointing fingers, but 
that's not quite as comfortable of a conversation for everybody to have and go that in depth with. Mm-hmm. Like at some point, I think this journey is about us seeing what we're working with and working through and doing something with it without needing the validation of everybody else to be like, which is something I think I would fall into by wanting to have these conversations with people to be like, oh yeah, that is how it happened. That is what happened. Like, okay, I can see those patterns, but these are sensitive, emotional topics. Like, again, not everybody can take that back step without feeling like they're being blamed or that there's some level of like personal attack happening. Yeah. Cause I, I have these conversations all day long. So like, for me, it's not a personal attack. Um, and so part of my recent awakening to that is like, I don't need to bring everybody on that analysis journey. Yeah. Like we don't have to see it from the same viewpoint in order to move forward. Like as long as I see it, and I do something about it, we can move forward. We don't all need to have the same perspective. I think that's something I was actually uh, talking with somebody earlier about how until we see ourselves and accept our, the more that we accept ourselves, the less that we need other people to understand where we're coming from. Mm-hmm. I think for me up until this point, without knowing it in many ways, I've made that mistake of, or not even mistake, just I didn't know. I, I wasn't awake to the way that I feel right now of, I don't, I almost need you to agree with me or I need you to see where I'm coming from because I secretly believe that my experience is invalid unless you also agree that that's what happened. And I think that on this healing journey, it's really important at some point to take our power back and say, like, it doesn't matter. Like, this is my experience and we don't need to talk about it all day long. Like, we don't even need to agree. We don't even need to have the same memories of it. As long as it was real for me and I can do something about about that realization and I can do something with recognizing, like, this is where those patterns came from for me. I don't need to have everybody validate that and be like, yes, that is where those patterns came from so that I can move forward. Like at some point we have to give ourselves permission to move forward. And even if other people don't see it that way, even if other people don't agree. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think like one of our biggest blessings and one of our biggest curses is that we feel things so strongly so strongly. It's such a blessing because like we have a fire for life and we can dive into the depths of the, like these conversations and we can dive into the depths with our clients and help them on their healing journeys. And we just want to like squeeze the juice out of this life. And at the same time, it can be our biggest curse because like we have to work really and just speaking for me and then maybe you, you can disagree but like, we've got to like really help ourselves in, in not bringing everyone into our experience (laughs) and allow everyone to, to have the right to their experience and mainly family, because I feel like pretty good at doing with other people, but it's just family, you know, it's like give people the right to their experience. And we, we can validate our own experience and figure out ways that we can move forward in a really like healing and healthy way for everyone involved. 
Right. Just because we can go into that level of analysis and pattern identification doesn't mean <laughs> doesn't mean that that's super heavy for some people. I know we'll be like having breakfast as a family. My mom is like, no more therapy. <laughs> I'm like, damn, that's real. We better work on this before we have kids. Don't want to be one of those those parents that are like, my mom's a therapist and like really feels it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's um, a thing. It really is a thing. I think for me, it, as far as my intimate relationships go, it, it helps me to, I thought, I always thought I wanted to, I thought I wanted to date somebody that would like do this with me, this, <laughs> this analysis thing with me. And then I realized when I have dated people that do that on my same level, it's too much, like it's overwhelming. Like somebody's gotta be human. Like on the, somebody's gotta be just in the daily life, you know, this is what I did today. And what am I going to have for dinner? Like that's just as important <laughs> versus we can't always be diving into the devs. I, I personally, for I need somebody. I, something I've learned with age is that I need somebody. I respond well to having somebody that balances me out. That's just like, you know, what are we going to wear this weekend? <laughs> you know? Right. Not let's dissect this thing for the layer on layer on layers that it holds. Yeah. So there is that there is a man, I forget his name, um, that Aubrey Marcus had on his podcast recently that De Silva something, I think he, Jason De Silva. I think so. Is that his name? The one that can see multiple dimensions of reality. Oh no, uh, Matthias De Stefano. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. I had this. Jason Silva is a guy though. Yeah. And so he, well, I'm glad you corrected me then. Um, and that, you know, he talks about something I love that he said is that each human being, if we think of planet earth as this organism that's alive, each human being is a different cell on the planet. And so for him, he, he describes himself as one of the memory cells. So he can, he remembers past lives. He remembers what different dimensions. <gasps> Wait, he, he explained us as cells on the planet. Yeah. That's what I said in our last podcast. Okay. Yeah. I think I kind of remember that. <laughs> that's so cool. <laughs> yeah. That ayahuasca showed you. That's what ayahuasca showed me. And like, this guy is a walking ayahuasca stick. Yeah. Cause he, he so he describes himself as a memory cell. Wow. And we're all different kind. I love that analogy because if we think about it that way, it's like being somebody that dives deep doesn't make me right or wrong. That's just the role that I play. Mm-hmm. Just like somebody that doesn't dive deep that, you know, is maybe focus on aesthetics, like their career is aesthetics that, that doesn't in, so they're not diving deep all the time. They're looking at colors and shapes. Uh, that doesn't make them right or wrong. That's just the role that they play. Mm-hmm. And I think that until we learn to accept ourselves, there's a big tendency to want other people to look at things the way we're looking at them because we're afraid that the way we're looking at them and doing them is not, we're secretly subconsciously afraid that the way we're looking at things and doing them is not good enough. Yeah. Cause once you come to terms with who you are, which is an ever unfolding journey, I I'm 100% still on that journey, but I've come more to terms with who I am than I did last year. And even the year before that, um, once you come to terms with who you are more, you 
don't need other people to do it your way or to look at it your way or to talk about the things that you want to talk about. And you can still enjoy connecting with them fully. That's something that has been coming up for me a lot lately too, is like, do I see me? It doesn't matter if people, other people don't see me. Do I see me? Cause when we don't see ourselves, we tend to blame other people. We tend to think that they're the reasons why we aren't in our full happiness or why we don't feel all the way safe in our own bodies. But when we start to take all of our power back in every direction and actually see ourselves and allow ourselves to be exactly who we are, the only thing that matters is the connection between us and our truth and our authenticity. You know, we yeah. forget that other people are like we the other people are just here. We can love them. But we're it's like, why did I ever think that I needed them to be me? You know why I think that is. In addition to what I already said, I think that when we we grow up in communities and in circles that in each each community has its own norms. And if your fundamental tendencies don't align with those norms, you're almost in a constant state of being unintentionally gaslit where people are in one way or another diminishing your way of doing things or your way of wanting to approach things. Your reality essentially is being deemed as like, no, that's wrong. Like you need to fit more into our box. So that puts a lot of people in the position of feeling like they need to explain themselves and justify themselves and get permission for deviating from the norm. And that puts us into this cycle of like, I need you to validate me so that I can exist. Yeah. And so for you, a huge example of that is just like switching environments. Huge. Just all you have to do, all you switch environments and huge. And the more that, like you get that experience of showing up authentically and that being okay, the less of a need that you'll have to explain yourself. Cause then you'll realize like, Oh, it's not about me being wrong or you being wrong or, or right. It's more so like, that's the world you belong to. Yeah. And I belong more to this one and that's okay. And that's just like my worldview and that's okay that yours is different, but because I'm being allowed to exist freely already. Like I don't, your permission is neither here nor there. Right. Yes. I remember growing up, I felt, I've always felt until I got to LA, I always felt a little bit like a fish out of water. I always felt like I, I couldn't really, like I didn't fully belong. And there's maybe a bunch of different reasons, but one that I can track is I remember being into this different spiritual stuff growing up. And I remember getting comments like, oh, it's a full moon. Valentina's going to go howl at the moon tonight. But being like the only one who saw the full moon as a sacred time or things like that. And it's a very simple comment of Valentina's going to go howl at the moon. But I being, you know, growing up and really when you're like discovering yourself and, and coming to terms with your beliefs and discovering your own narratives, comments like that, and especially to me, someone who feels things really deeply, we're kind of like, oh, that's a sign that I'm not safe in this group because I'm going to get made fun of. Yeah. And it can, yeah, it can either be like, I'm not safe in this group or there's something wrong with me. Right. And the fact and that I, I felt both. howl at the moon. <laughs> right. I'm like, nice. I really will howl at the moon. <laughs> yeah. And, but like, but you know, it's not when you're the only one kind of thinking like this or, 
or speaking about the things that you guys hear me speak about, about spirit and witches and, you know, the things that I speak about growing up, I like, it did not feel safe to be me fully. And even though no one was like actually threatening me, it felt like a threat to my authenticity, to my existence. And it wasn't until I did change environments that I came to LA and I've, I mean, like there's zero filters on me here. And I think that that's why I feel like doing cartwheels all the time. And I feel so alive and I feel so just comfortable in my own skin because I feel this is just, I have landed into a space where that feels very safe and no one, you know, people will come howl at the moon with me here. And it's not a literally, literally. (laughs) And and, and before I, I would think like, I'm just like weird. I'm, I'm kind of weird. And here, I don't think I'm weird. And I don't think they're weird. I think like, oh, this is just my group. This is just kind of where I belong. And that's where y'all belong. And there's like you said, like, there's nothing wrong with that. And it's so wild how we, it's just so important to, to go places where our spirits are celebrated before we judge ourselves and call ourselves weird or not normal or messed up or broken or any of that maybe we're just in the wrong environment because me feeling safe where I am now there is absolutely nothing that I would change about myself in terms of the core of my of who I am if anything I want to amplify it and find more people who belong in this community you know Mm -hmm. and when I, it's funny when I went back to, because I have not had to filter myself at all for an entire year. When I went back for, for Christmas, I, we were at the dinner table at my grandma's house for dinner. And this happened to other moments too, but this is just one example that I can think of. And I feel really comfortable speaking about just all my beliefs and I maybe I'm too comfortable. Maybe I'm like too comfortable in my podcast personality because I'm like ready to talk about all the things I believe in, you know, like the spirit of all things. Yeah. And, and so I kind of started doing that again when I was back in Atlanta and it wasn't, and at, at a certain point I started feeling like, I feel like I'm preaching more than I'm engaging in communication you know, and I think it was because I once again was like maybe trying to, to bring people into my sphere. But then I realized I'm like that they don't need to, like, that's not necessary, you know? And, and also I don't need it to feel threatened that they're trying to bring me into theirs. You know, we can just, let me just like close my mouth and open up my ears and find common ground in their comfort spaces and, you know, talk about things that feel good to both of us. Yeah, for sure. And that's the thing. I I feel like everybody has something to teach everyone, regardless of what world you belong to Mm -hmm. or, or what worldview you ascribe to. I really, really do believe that, which is why it's, to me, it's so unfortunate that people polarize each other you know, Mm -hmm. the way that we do, even with political beliefs. I've always believed that like every, regardless of your political beliefs, like there's something that I'm sure I could learn from you. Regardless of your worldview, there's something that I'm sure I could learn from you. Like each person has their own specific flavor of genius that is only true to them. And I, 
because of this thing of, of not feeling safe within ourselves, we want, we get into that, into that pattern of wanting to pull other people in. And if they're not being pulled in and agreeing with our worldview or agreeing with our interpretation of situations, then we demonize them Mm -hmm. because it's like, I don't even feel fully safe in being me and you're not fully agreeing with me. So now you're a threat. When we finally get to a place where we feel safe being ourselves, everybody is allowed to be whatever version of themselves they want to be. Right. And that's something I took note of in my brother's wife, Angela. Yeah. (laughs) I'm like studying her the whole time we're with her. Like just Angela's really good at being human. Let me, let me watch Angela, but something (laughs) that with, with our family too, and I don't know if this is a Spanish thing or what, but we're like really like, well, if we're fiery and we're really like, we give ourselves permission to be involved in each other's lives, like left and right and have an opinion over each other's lives. And like, you're doing this wrong and this is the way and whatever. Yeah. And just watching Angela, you know, like I would, someone in the family would say something that she wouldn't either disagree or agree. She would kind of be like, oh yeah, kind of just like go with it and like maybe ask a question or like, oh, that's interesting. Okay. Okay. I see how you could think that. Instead mm-hmm. of being like, what? That's crazy. Yeah. You know, like, and, and, um, and Angela feels like the safest person to be around when you have opinions, you know, cause she's not going <laughs> to, we're all turning to Angela, yeah. Angela, you are the oasis <laughs> of the Sinistera family. Because, God bless Angela dealing with a whole bunch of fiery Colombians. <laughs> um, but she, yeah, yeah. She, ref- she reflects back and she inquires. Yeah. And she doesn't ever feel threatened. She walks, she inquires, but you know, she's going to walk away with the beliefs that feel best to her. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's, oh, we can do that. We don't need to protect our beliefs all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that liberating? So liberating. Yeah. That's been a, that's definitely been um, a perspective that's become more concretized for me over this past year. Cause I, it, it gets to a point, even with my own capacity for debate where I'm like, I, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care anymore. You know, we don't, we, we don't have to agree as long as we're being respectful of each other and, and letting each other breathe. Like it's fine. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. So those were some lessons that I learned from being back home. Yeah. It was a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful trip and best case scenario kind of a trip. Definitely set my intentions as I do, as you guys know, on the plane, on the way there and on the way back, just reflecting on everything. It was really healing. And I just love my parents and my family so much. And honestly, it's probably good that I live in a different state because I am I go right back to just wanting to protect everyone in my family at all, all the time. Some enmeshment that, you know, maybe I need to work on, or maybe I just need to continue living in a different state, but I love them so much, so much that I like, I cried a few times before I went to sleep of like, just this life is so fragile. Like you never know. Nothing is guaranteed. Nothing is guaranteed. No. It's all theory and speculation until life 
gets that's the thing that came to me last week is like man life gets so lifey like sometimes it's just so lifey it's you're born and if you if you god forbid you have an injury or something happens like at any moment everything is so resilient and so fragile at the same time and yeah life reminds us of that it, it requires a certain level of surrender to be able to continue on fully and i remember either either that or you try to control everything and <laughs> like then you're not even going to be able to live while you're here there's got to be some level i think the downward arrow exercise is really helpful for me of that downward arrow if you guys aren't familiar is the practice, the therapeutic practice of actually intentionally going to the worst case scenario, which seems paradoxical or counterintuitive, better yet. And you, you take yourself to the worst case scenario. And when you get there, you find a way to show yourself that you'd be able to deal with it. And if you feel like you can't, it, then like, don't give up, stay with it and ask yourself, like, are there any other options? or how I could work through this or how I could cope if, if this came to pass. Like, are there any other options? And I think at this point, I naturally tend to do that um, intuitively, instinctively. And that helps me surrender rather than trying to avoid it or trying to pretend that that possibility isn't real, being able to lean into it and be like, okay, well, I can't say that it's not real. Mm -hmm. I can't say that that's not possible. So what if I just lean into it? Could I handle it? Probably. I could probably figure out that I, I would surrender even more aggressively if something unforeseeable came to pass. And if you guys need some help in surrendering, I highly recommend The Surrender Experiment by Michael Singer. It's a book or an audio book. And he basically the entire book is about all of these things that he went through that are were pretty wild, like lawsuits and just gnarly stuff and just went back to surrender, surrender. And he talks about how he did it and and how he felt while he was doing it. And he still felt the fear and this and that. But he would snap himself out of it into surrender. And it's a really good book. And I think one of the most potent tools of being human is learning how to surrender. Yeah, it is quite a balancing act. I'm even right now thinking of a situation where um, my friend was like, just don't don't worry about it. Don't try to resolve it like it'll it'll work itself out. And my ass running right back to my little text messages and and planning and and thinking like, okay, how can I find a solution with it right now? It's it's still a learning process, even for somebody that specializes in this stuff and and explores this stuff all the time, because at some point our emotions grip us if it's a specific type of trigger. Yeah. So have grace with yourselves. Holy, I don't I don't know if we ever like reach a certain destination of like just, you know, grade A, you know, enlightenment on this earth. I think like the goal is just to continue reminding yourself about these things as you go along, reminding yourself, reminding yourself, reminding yourself. And like, you, maybe you'll have to remind yourself less on some time, less 
on some occasions and more on some occasions, but I feel like that's like, that's like the journey of once we have these tools is just reminding yourself and practicing all these little tools as we go along. Yeah. And knowing that you're not going to do it perfectly. No. And holding some space for that. Yeah. And knowing that most of the time you, if not all, you know, you will be okay. Yeah. I mean, I can even, the other way in which, uh, the other reminder I've had to kind of look at lately recently is, is boundaries as, as practiced as I'm in boundaries and as much of a boundary ninja as I can be at times there are, I still have my weak spots where I don't want to say it's uncomfortable to say no to people I care about in certain contexts. And I recently found myself saying yes, when my body was saying no. Mm -hmm. And in the moment, could you feel your body? I could feel it. Okay. I could feel it. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to disappoint this person. And really, I think like the best thing to do in those moments, if you're not ready to say no, or you're not ready to like fully honor what you know, you're in, your body is asking for is to ask for time and to realize like, you don't have to make a decision right then and there and say like, I can't, I need some time. I just, I need some time so I can like settle more into what this feeling is trying to tell me. And I think sometimes we short cut our, like sabotage ourselves by wanting to give answers right away and not giving ourselves permission to take our time. I think that ability to that skill of being able to say like, I need a day to think about this or give me a week to think about this. That's such a nice little, um, safety net or, um, life jacket to wear mm -hmm. when in, in, in situations where boundaries feel difficult and you're like, not sure you're, you're being tested to, to then give yourself great, to give yourself space, to settle into what your answer is rather than a lot of times we feel like we have to give answers right away. And we don't, we really don't. We don't. And I am fully one of those people that takes, and Paula had to learn this the hard way with me too. We've definitely had instances where she, like you would confront me with something and I would just kind of like, like, it takes me a minute to process. Like, I can't give you answers right now. And I had to learn with Paula. I had to be like, because the way that our dynamic worked was like, you, you want, you wanted answers from me right away. Yeah. You wanted, you know, and it growing up a lot of the times I didn't re like, whatever, we didn't have this mental health lingo, you know? So I, I remember just being like, I would just freeze up. I would just freeze up because I didn't, I didn't know what to do. I thought I was wrong and not giving you answers right away. You would get mad because you thought I was ignoring you. Right. Just what a cycle, huh? Horrible that, cycle. That need for answers right away is such an anxiety response. It's like, I can't sit in the uncertainty. <laughs> Tell me now. And somebody that's tendency is to freeze. Like that's the worst case scenario for those two types to get together. Right. Paula like, was more of like a, a fighter and I was more of a freezer. So she's like, give me answers. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, she's ignoring me. Right. And I'm my, like, in my mind and Valentina right. is like, I'm being pressed in a way that like is super uncomfortable. And we finally had to learn, like, you know, like I pulled you aside and I'm like, I don't process things as quickly as you do. Like I, I need 
I need some space because when I feel like my nervous system is overloaded, like nothing is going to happen. No answers are going to come. No resolutions are going to come. Like I need a minute to just like breathe and, and even know what my own feelings and thoughts are. And then I can come back to you and speak in a, in a way that's going to help us both, you know? Yeah. I think I've gotten better at giving people room to do that. Yeah. Definitely. But now I'm realizing that there's more space to more room to grow in terms of giving myself permission to do that. Yeah. I'm like, why it, it complicates things when you rush to answer something before you're fully, fully settled into it, because then after you come to, you have to backtrack or you have to apologize or it just, it gets muddy. Yeah. Rather than just being able to say like, I feel uncomfortable. That means that I'm not going to be able to give a very intentional answer right now. Right. And so that's going to backfire sooner right. or later. Right. Yeah. And it's just being patient, letting ourselves sit in that uncertainty, letting the other people sit in that uncertainty. And then knowing that like discomfort is not going to kill any of us. Like we can breathe and slow down and figure out what our full body answer is. Yeah. In a day I or had, two. And if anyone yeah. ever presses you to, to, to answer to them right away, that there's nothing like that's not on you, you know, mm. don't feel like you're wrong. Don't feel like you're dumb or slow or whatever. And not being able to give a response, pay attention to that, you know, ground yeah. yourself in and know that you have every right to give yourself space. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of power in being able to just tell people like, Hey, I just need a couple of days. Yeah. Cause not everybody processes the same. So if people don't realize it, like they might think you're shutting them off. Yeah. And so like we can help each other out by like, by narrating our process out loud as you explained a couple podcasts back. Yeah. And, and so, you can also tell other people like, ooh, this is actually really important to me. And like, I wanna give you an answer that is going to be super clear, you know? So like letting them know, like I'm not leaving you hanging. Like I'm, this is, I wanna put thought into this. I wanna be thoughtful with my response. So <laughs> yeah, it's so funny how, therapists are human for sure. I mean, if you guys listen to this podcast, you know, that. I think they know we're not perfect. <laughs> I'm sorry to break it to you. I know. I know. I know it's a harsh coming to, um, but I understand these things pretty deeply. And yet there's moments where my nervous system gets gripped. Like last week, somebody actually did did that to me. <laughs> it wasn't done to me, but they, they needed like a day to come back to me to finish a conversation about something. Mm. Um, and they're like, well, we'll talk about this when I get back, you know, you know, that good old, yeah. nobody loves it. Like we need to talk, but yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about it later. Dude, and that's like, the worst. We need to talk. Tell me right now. Tell me right now. Like that's like a fucking your spirit feels murdered in that moment. You're like, oh, my God, how do I prep myself for disaster? Right. They were like driving in their car and I know better. I'm like, well, well I don't I don't understand why we can't finish this conversation right now. They're like, Paula, there's holiday traffic. I need to focus. I'm like, you're right. I immediately hang up and dial Valentina. <laughs> I'm like, Valentina, somebody told me I need to wait for one of these conversations. I'm going to need you to fill the space in between. <laughs> uh, it was super helpful, though. Good. Valentina we have prayed with me. 
I was like, Valentina, I need you to do one of your prayers. <laughs> There's nothing worse than that feeling of like, we need to talk, but I'm going to, no. but, but you're going to sit in curiosity for the next five hours. Cause I think it's pretty universal for the human mind to go to the absolute worst case scenario of like, oh, this person never wants to see me again. <laughs> I think in those moments, it's safe <laughs> to like do kind of what you did. And like, we, you know, like, sometimes sitting by yourself and breathing for that hour may not really help. Sometimes it's good to just find another person that can kind of ground us and allow to like allow that those mirror neurons to take place, right? Like allow their calm to calm us down. Like I talked to you, I talked you through the process. I talked you through like, remember your strength, remember your truth. If the worst thing does happen, know that like you can always handle it and all that stuff. Yeah. And, and yeah, sometimes like we just, we can lean on other people for that. And it's so funny because I prayed with you Yeah. and it, and it, and I remind, I was like, is this just what I do now? Cause I have a few friends that I do that with in LA. Like they'll call me before special moments or scary moments or whatever. And they're like, can you like open a portal for me? Can you pray for me? Yeah. And I'll do it on the phone with them. And my fear growing up, I don't know if you guys, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast, but in, I think it was like. I don't know what age, but I was pretty young and I had a real life fear that I had to become a nun in this lifetime. <laughs> I don't know where that came from because it's not like we were like that. It was an intrusive thought. We were not like that Catholic really at all. We uh, like, I didn't really go to Sunday school, um, but it was this thought that I was being cornered by the universe. It was like a knowing though. It was a knowing. It wasn't like, it was like, I'm, oh my God, I'm like, I'm going to have to be a nun. <laughs> like, I really don't want to be a nun in this lifetime. Like <laughs> I want to be able to have sex at some point. Cause I was young. I was really, yeah. young. I, was like, I want to be able to, to have a partner. I want to be able to like, like, how am I going to do this? Like, and it would stress me out. That's and so then, funny. As you asked me, you're like, pray, pray for me or pray with me. It took me back to that moment. And I was like, holy shit, I am a virgin. <laughs> like I must have been one in my past life or something. Why a nun? Yeah. Like how yeah. random, like, where does that come from? Yeah, it must be like that spiritual prayerful aspect of you is alive and well. <laughs> <laughs> And it's only getting stronger. Yeah. I'm like, you, you are good at, for sure. I'm like, in that moment, I'm like, Valentina, I need you to do one of your prayer things right now. Never have I appreciated your prayerfulness more <laughs> than in this moment. And it helped. It helped because you helped me. If you guys are ever in a situation where somebody says we need to talk and they leave you waiting for a few hours. What really helped me 1-800-VALENTINA 1-800-VALENTINA was you helping me get clear through that prayer of what my intention was going to be walking into that conversation and what my intention for that relationship ultimately was, which is my evolution as a human. And that's not something that you're thinking about in that moment. You're just like, ah, you know, you're panicking. But the moment that you go back to those original intentions, it helps so much. And then when we had the conversation, like it turned out to be so minimal. I was like, 
you really made me wait for it. If only you knew the little internal circus I had to go through today. Yeah. You know what? It's fine. It was a good, it was a very interesting experience that, that also kind of highlighted unhealed beliefs in me because I'm like, wow, my mind just went to such a worst case scenario. Like that is, if that isn't telling of things that are still in the process of healing, then I don't know what is like, wow. Like, you know, that other person was nowhere near that type of perspective on the situation. Yeah. So that was healing. Those tough moments can be very healing, especially if you have somebody that can help you ground through them. Yeah. 1-800-VALENTINA. <laughs> Hit me up for a quick prayer or two right before you get into your tough conversations. I'll hold you down. I think it's so important to remember that, you know, what we talked about on the phone that day and what you just said was when you're about to get into anything that just feels like a hard conversation or a scary moment or whatever, before you dive into it, can you ground yourself and breathe and slow down and call on whatever higher power, if you believe in one, God, the universe, your spirit guides, angels, grandma, you know, whatever, anyone, can you call on them and, and ask for their support? We have support. I believe you can choose to believe this or not, but I believe that we have support as I said in the beginning of the podcast in our portal, like there's energies that are walking with us in this lifetime that are here to help us. Can we call on them and call on our higher selves and call on them and say, you know, I, what you, what do you want that moment to be? What do you want? Instead of like, instead of thinking, Oh, I'm, I have to like get into this conversation so I can like hurry up and come up with a conclusion and figure out what's happening so I can be okay again. Right. I need to come out on the ideal end of this conversation. I need to give the right answers. I need this I need to, to turn respond out. to someone. Right. Or I need to turn out in a way that my fear, this fearful part of me believes is ideal, which you lose sight of the bigger picture when that's where you're coming from. Right. And so many of these hard conversations and these hard moments and anything that really triggers us, if we can really see that we can come out of this and use it as for our own deeper evolution, you know, beyond trying to solve what's in front of us, can we call in on the universe, call in on ourselves and open our hearts, open our throat and, and say, you know, may this bring me back deeper into my truth. May I keep my heart open. And instead of needing to protect myself in every moment, allow this moment to reveal to me what I need to heal. Allow this moment to reveal to me what the next phase of myself. You know, I take my power back. I'm fully here. I'm ready to to see what's really here beyond my fears. I'm really ready to see what's fully here. Something that was really helpful for me in that moment was that you also added on in a way that is gentle to my nervous system. Because in that moment, the most vulnerable part, in those kinds of moments, the most vulnerable part of you is activated. And that vulnerable part is almost like a very young child. 
and it doesn't feel like we're ca- like in that moment of like, show me what is unhealed so that I can heal it doesn't even feel accessible because that fully conscious adult doesn't feel present. Right. So it's like, no, like I'm not, no, 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 don't, don't, don't throw that my way right now. Um, so being able to add in that buffer that you did of in a way that is gentle and loving to my nervous system yeah. gave me, it resourced me. It resourced me in a yeah. way that was like, I mean, in hypnotherapy, we do something, um, there's something called resource sessions where you spend the whole session of the whole hypnotherapy experience, just resourcing the person in, in all like the positive, good vibes. And you don't go into any like problems that need to be healed. But just by adding that one little phrase of in a way, like life, whatever you're going to show me right now, I just ask that it's done in a way that's gentle and loving towards my nervous system. It helped that fearful part of me feel safe enough to be like, okay, okay. Well, since it's going to be gentle and loving towards my nervous system, um, I feel a little more okay with walking yeah. into that. And that's a huge part of all my prayers. My brother was poking fun at me and he was like, you, he's like, do you just ask for everything to be gentle on your nervous system? I'm like, yes, I do. <laughs> I, I know how, you know, like I, I'm a delicate flower sometimes, you know, and, and I tell the universe, like I am here for the lessons I am here to grow. I am here for the initiation. I am here to see whatever you're ready to show me and please do so in a way that is gentle on my nervous system because this is the best way that I will see things. This is the way that I won't feel like I need to protect myself. This is the way that I will keep my heart open and my eyes open. So please do this in a way that will be gentle on my nervous system. Believe it. And you can call on the universe. You can call on your guides call that in before you go into your next stressful or anxious situation or the next time that you feel triggered. It helps. Yeah, it does help. Because if you're able to believe in that moment that that's what's going to happen, then as you're walking through that challenge, there's kind of like, there's that little seed in there that's saying, okay, well, this is happening in a way that's gentle for my nervous system. And it it almost, for lack of a better word, it can almost even be like a placebo effect. Mm-hmm. Not to say that it's not real by any means, but it's just because you're already believing it. That's already sending the message of like, oh, your nervous system is fine. You, your nervous system is okay as you do this. Your nervous system is being taken care of as you do this. And if once that little seed is in there and you're believing it, it becomes, it manifests itself. Yeah. Versus if, yeah. Versus if you're fearful and like, oh my God, I, this could be horrible. That also manifests itself. Totally. Totally. Because if we're able to tell it, like say that one thing, it can help us regulate ourselves and come back down to that moment. Because if we do come from the place of like fear, then all that's going to do is put our physiology into fight or flight. That's going to send our mind into mental loops. Our mind is going to feed back into our physiology. Our phys- It's going to be this like pattern, mm-hmm. right? So we get to choose what lens we want to act out of if we ground down in intention. Intention is so powerful. Yeah. I'm just looking at the time. I I literally did the same thing. I'm like, where are we at? Yeah. I, no, I keep forgetting to look at the time when we start because we try to we keep s- these to an hour. Yeah. Since we switched to this new platform, there's no times. I was like, we could have been here for three hours. 
<laughs> hello, hello. You never know. What, 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 what do you believe? How far have we gone in? Well, I just looked. <laughs> well, do you remember? Oh, no. Yeah, it's been. Though? Yeah, around 530. We're, we're at an hour. Oh, okay. Zam, I had a whole nother topic that I wanted to cover. We'll looks do it next like, time. Looks like it'll have to wait. <laughs> we just got to be like Joe Rogan and have five hour podcasts. We really could. When we it's were in crazy. Atlanta. <laughs> I don't understand how we don't run out. You guys got to understand. If you're tuning in to hear us talk weekly. We are having these conversations <laughs> weekly. <laughs> uh this just, is it never runs out it's no never ending well of analysis and ex- psychological exploration no you guys don't like this is not just something that we do sometimes I'm even scared I'm like when we get on a phone call I'm like I gotta block out sometime because it's never like a like we dive in my mom was like do you guys ever get tired of talking like this is crazy stop talking <laughs> I know. I'm like I surprise myself too. I guess yeah. not. Uh, yeah, I know. There's a part of me sometimes that's like, what are we going to talk about this week? I know. Um, at this point, I'm like, they're just going to show up. <laughs> just show up. <laughs> just show up. Just show up. It's going to happen. Yeah. All right. Thanks buddy. for tuning in with us, you guys. We love you. And this is a community and we want to know what you guys want help with. What do you feel like you need more guidance on? Is there anything that we've talked about that you wish we had gone deeper on either in this podcast or another podcast? Is there anything in your life that's coming up that you would like some help with, whether it's relationships, shame, anxiety, depression, stress, joy, love, you know, playfulness, the inner child work, family triggers, like literally anything and everything like we are here for it. And Paula is a therapist, psychotherapist. I am a breathwork facilitator together. Like we got, we could, we could pull some things out of our bag, (laughs) shed some light onto these topics and we want to talk about them. So yeah, it's super fun. It's super fun when, when, uh, we get to explore on topics that you guys offer up. It makes it, it definitely makes it feel like more of a community for us as well. Yeah. You guys can email us at community at prettymental.com or if you follow us on Instagram, our handle is at pretty mental official DM us the questions, themes, whatever. Yeah. We're here for it. And remember to like share comment, subscribe, help this community grow so that we can keep putting the time and energy that we've been putting into this podcast. And even more, the bigger the community gets, the more that we're going to be able to offer you guys. So fully me and Paula were talking about how 2022 is the year to be seen, you know, like we don't want to, and not that, I mean, in some ways we have been playing small and maybe we can dive into that on a different podcast, but this year we're like, no, like we, we want to spread this far and wide and we want to share everything that we can because we are walking this journey together. And I think that we've seen more than ever in the last two years, how like we need each other, you know, and we're here for the community. It's my purpose and mission and Paula's purpose and mission in this life 
to help us all come back home to ourselves and to just be here for each other because like life gets hard. (laughs) (laughs) It does. So we can lean on each other and, you know, crack a joke every now and then. For sure. For sure. All right, guys, we love you. Remember that every part of you is welcome here. We love you so much. Tune in with us on Mondays at 6 a.m. EST. We are also, if you guys haven't yet watched us on YouTube, we are on YouTube. You can find us in the show notes, the link for our YouTube videos. Um, Yeah. And then we're on all podcast platforms as well. So I think that about covers it all. All right, you guys have an amazing week and we will be back with you next week. Love you guys. Bye. Bye.